welcome to another Coffee and Heroes podcast as we go into 2024 with a bang. This episode is going to be us going over our favourites from 2023, going through plenty of different uh, categories, favourite single issue, favourite ongoing, favourite original graphic novel, favourite writers, favourite publishers, we try our best to cover it all. The people covering it of course is myself, Alan, owner of Coffee and Heroes in Belfast and joined as always by Mr Keith Miller. Good evening. Happy 2024 once again. <laughs> the same to you. It's, it's, uh, we can pretend that this is the first time we're seeing each other and uh, you know, Happy New Year to you. Oh, absolutely. No, uh, Happy New Year to you as well. I hope you had a good Christmas. Uh, I did have a good Christmas. A good Christmas and a, and a lovely New Year. We made a point this year of uh, going out, uh, going to a house party. Very easy. Now, I'm in a slightly different situation than yourself. Uh, I don't have any dependents. So Bruno and I decided we weren't going to do the usual oh, don't like to celebrate New Year, don't like to go out, all that. Uh, and actually went out and spent some good time with some friends, some people we didn't know. Played some some mad games, uh, weird board games that I'd never heard of before, never seen before. And uh, it was it was quite good. We are halfway through January right now as we record this. And uh, we're in the depths of some very, very cold weather. Mm-hmm. But 2024 is uh, shaping up to be shaping up to be a big one. Well, the thing is, we had to wait a couple of weeks into January so that you could catch up on your pull list completely, so that you had read all of December's releases. <laughs> that is true, that is true. Um, I have been making a concerted effort uh, towards the, the end of, of last year just because of work, uh, because of, of travelling uh, for work and, uh, and various other things, various other commitments. My reading slowed down a fair wee bit. I was doing a fair bit of TV watching and... Uh, I was on YouTube a fair bit and there was other things taking my time and I'd sort of slowed up a wee bit and my pull list started gathering up. I was quite a number of, consistently I was about three or four weeks behind which was uh, getting to be a real pain in the butt because whenever you're that far behind it's hard for you to curate your own pull list you know and go actually I'm not enjoying this I need mm-hmm. to I need to stop that because the next issue then is out by the time you you know uh, I'm a considerate customer I don't like to jump these things on you. Uh, if I can help it, I don't like you to be stuck with uh, an issue that I didn't want just because I'm not about myself enough to, you know, I try and pick up my pull lists as regularly as I can even if I know they're going to sit. But uh, yeah, over Christmas and especially over the last couple of weeks, I've, I've just really accelerated. I'm really enjoying reading and uh, I know you've started a thing where you sort of note down what you read every day to try and help you with our, our reviews podcasts and different things so i'm going to start doing the same thing just out of curiosity as well yeah. sometimes i mean it's interesting just seeing what your reading patterns and your reading habits are i mean i tend to read most of my books now on tuesday slash wednesdays and sundays uh-huh. i don't tend to read much thursdays fridays saturdays you know it's it's just interesting seeing how your what your reading habits are and and yeah it's just a, a good way of keeping track of absolutely everything you read as well yeah. so um there, there's a, reading's one of those pursuits and one of those sort of pastimes that i think you feel more of an achievement when you finish something you know what i mean if you finish the episode of a tv show you're just like yeah whatever it's like the next one sometimes when you finish like a couple of issues you're like that was a good wee reading session there you know mm-hmm. what i mean you don't yep. think like that was a good wee tv watching session there wasn't it yeah you yeah know? yeah so I, it's, yeah, it's I totally agree. it feels it does feel like you've accomplished something so yeah i'm now back uh, as of today actually uh, i read the last issue of the week before the week before's pull list. That would have been January 3rd. So you're yeah, fully so up to date I and good am, to go. Yeah, 100%. So I picked up my my January 17th pull list today on January the 17th. And I just started 
I just started January 10th's pull list. This I mean, it's actually fun. I can look across your comic room here and just see your three lovely little piles. Clearly, they have been divided into DC, Marvel, and Indie. Yes. Yep. Because, um, yeah, Keith, Keith has a different reading habit to me uh, in that he has to read the books in the order they come out. Uh, whereas, say, I have two issues of something. And say a lot's piled up, but I have two issues or something. I'll read those two issues. So it's uh, it's we, we, there's little idiosyncrasies in I'm our, kinda, our habits. I've been thinking about where it came from, uh, where that habit came from, and it came from I think there was a time in the nineties when there was Web of Spider Man, Amazing Spider Man, Peter Parker Spider Man, and Spectacular Spider Man. Mm -hmm. They came out. So Web of Spider Man came out of the first week on the first week of the month. Amazing on the second. Peter Parker, Spider-Man on the third, and um, Spectacular Spider-Man on the fourth week. And then it goes back to the yeah, start. Absolutely. Of those parts, yeah, absolutely. So what they would do if they were doing a four or five part, six part story, it would start in web, yeah. and then Amazing, and then Peter Parker, and then Spectacular, and then so, and they did that an awful lot through, from power and responsibility right through the Clone Saga. So if I was reading two issues of Amazing back to back, it wouldn't make any sense. Yeah. Because you might have part two, but also part, oh, the 90s part six comics. So that's, I think, where that habit has come from, that I read. Yeah, it makes sense. You know, so it's, uh, yeah. yeah. I, I've just never any guilt if, like, I still have five issues from the previous week and a new stack arrives and I go, oh, I can't wait to read that. I don't think i got to read those other five first. I'm like, I'll get to them. It'll be fine. Yeah. And, I mean, likewise, I mean, I for me, delayed gratification is a thing. So I know what books I'm looking forward to reading most. Yeah. I mean, Cobra Commander is right top of that that pile but whenever i organize my books doesn't necessarily mean that'll be at the top of the pile yeah. it just might it, be at the bottom it depends on the on the on might the be the way you want to finish yeah. the week off it's not even that it's not I'll, I'll shuffle the books within marvel within dc and within indie and then depending on what numbers there are i usually try and make sure i'm not reading two marvels together or two dcs together or two <laughs> indies together uh, so I'll I'm the opposite. I read all my DC books first, and then I read all my Marvel yeah, books, and then yeah, I read all my indie I books. I don't, and so Cobra Commander might end up halfway or two thirds down that pile, uh, <laughs> but I'll still look forward to getting to it. For me, my reading habits, I tend to, you know, I'll have my my pull list that I'm reading from that week beside my bed, and usually whenever I go down for breakfast in the morning, I usually try not to rush my morning. So if I if I'm starting work at nine o'clock, get up at sort of. Quarter to eight, have a shower, get dressed, and then take a pile of five comic books. So, so five is my number. Mm -hmm. So I take five comic books and head downstairs, and and whenever I finish the top two, I'll go back, put them in the red pile, and put two more in the bottom from the top of the pull list. So always in stacks yeah. of five. Absolutely. absolutely. And who <laughs> says us comic readers and collectors are OCD? <laughs> who says it? I mean, yeah, I mean, we we both talked about it a little bit as well that. Certainly towards the end of 2023 and coming into 2024, we were sort of going to try and make this concerted effort just to trim them down just a little yeah. bit. You know, we were yeah. we were very much both going through a period where because you were always following creators, you were picking up everything they yeah. did. If there was franchises that were coming in that we were fans of, be it nostalgia like Masters Universe or Transformers or whatever, we were picking it up. If the book featured Batman in it, I was picking it up. If a book had Spider-Man in it, you were probably picking it up. The X titles were big and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But, you know, we, we were certainly trying to make a concerted effort towards the end of the year, but we still managed to hit over four figures each for mm -hmm. the year. That's yep. right, people. Four figures <sighs> of single issues. And that does not include omnibus collections. That does not include graphic novels. That does not include even issues from the past. You know, if we were putting together runs or anything like that, 
in terms of new single issue releases, we both hit four figures. But, you know, I think that's just a testament to the range, the diversity and the quality of comics at the moment. You know, that's the thing. It, there's times where you'll pick one off the rack and go, should I? Oh, fine, I'll do it. You know what I mean? It's it's very seldom you would put them back. You would only add to that pile. And I do really believe at the moment, whether it's DC, it's Marvel or it's indie comics, there's really something for everyone at the moment. And that's what we see, certainly because, you know, pull list wise, we have a good 200 plus and everybody's pull lists are so different. It, it's really intriguing to me that I look at some people's pull lists and go, how can you not be reading this? But then they might be reading something I haven't even heard of. So it's it's, it's an interesting thing. But um, yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll certainly get to our numbers in a, in a little second for 2023. But certainly from my point of view, in terms of my reading habits and everything. So there were all those single issues, of course. But I, I really have been working on my omnibuses over the year. You know, I've I've been collecting a lot. I enjoy that pursuit. I enjoy putting those runs together, but I don't just want them to be fun, cool looking decorations in the corner on a bookshelf. So I am making a concerted effort to read it. And what I find is, with my omnibus reading anyway, you know, I I tend to focus on Marvel. You know, because I I I grew up a DC kid. You know, I've I've read the the Batman runs going right back to you know Morrison and on to Snyder and on to Keane and et cetera et cetera. You know, my Spider-Man reading is is, is a little laughable in places, to be honest, <laughs> you know. But what I've found in the last year or two, you know, I've been reading Ultimate Spider-Man. I've been reading Superior Spider-Man. I, I got hip deep in the Ultimate Universe in general. You know, not only have I've read three volumes of Ultimate Spider-Man, I read Ultimate X-Men, I read Ultimate The Ultimates. I managed to fit in some Brubaker era Captain America as well. So I'm really enjoying sort of rediscovering the past of Marvel because mm-hmm. I just wasn't there for them. Yeah, yeah. I mean that's fair. That's fair. I mean I, I do enjoy the the opposite. So whenever you would recommend a, a historical bat book, go all right. Well, either I'll borrow that off Alan or I'll I'll, I'll wait until it comes out or whatever else. So yeah, mm-hmm. it's, I suppose it is your fandom. That said, I mean I thoroughly enjoy going back and rediscovering the Marvel stuff. Recently, having picked up Secret Wars two trade mm-hmm. paperback and. Uh, uh, the Ultimate Spider-Man stuff has been big for both of us this year. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, definitely. I mean, it's it's just a universe I just fell into. As soon as Ultimate Spider-Man Volume One came out, and then the Ultimate X-Men appeared in it, I was like, oh well, uh, so these are all connected. Then well, let's let's see what else there is. So Ultimate X-Men Volume Two is due soon as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, in terms of not just that, I mean, we we have our own single issue collecting gap filling yeah, habits yeah, and uh-huh, stuff as yeah. well i mean as anybody who knows me you know i'm i obviously batman volume one's my big one you know i managed to add more copies to, to that this year uh 713 issues of batman volume one i'm now up to 523 you and are counted, yeah and i have two more in the post so that'll be coming to 525 very soon including issue 200 which is this gorgeous neil adams cover i've been after for ages but obviously, I'm deciding to grade them all as well, but that's a whole other madman pursuit. Uh-huh. But my other big project this year was Constantine. Uh, yeah, I learned about that there the other uh, the other day. I yes. can't remember what it was. So Hellblazer ran for 300 issues, uh, going right back to the Vertigo era, and a customer came into the store, and he's, he asked us about buying in comics, and I said, look, we, we don't buy things in, but just curious, what is it you have? And he's like, well, I've got about the first 200 issues of Hellblazer. And he was like, do you even know anybody in your store would maybe be interested? And <laughs> I just very quickly was like, well, yeah. I might be interested because I genuinely would love to read all of Hellblazer. It's a big gap in my, my knowledge base. And I said to him, look, how much are you looking for them? And he said, look, I'm not looking anything big for them. 
look, £100 would be fine. And I was sort of like, are you sure that's a price you're happy with? And he's like, yeah, 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 honestly, they're gathering dust in the loft. They're, they're in good condition. They're all bagged and boarded. If, if you were interested in them and you, it was because you wanted to read them, I'd more than happily do them for that price. So I said, look, only if you're sure, but if you're happy with that price, I'll take them. So when he brought them in to me, I gave him that price, but I also threw in a couple of graphic novels as well. I yeah. just said, look, here's a couple of recommendations of things I've read and enjoyed. You know, I think he left with a good Asian and uh, do a power bomb and maybe one or two more. But that was the idea. I felt almost guilty taking these for this price. But he said he was happy. But no, I've, I've started to then piece together the following uh, issues as well. I'm up to about 220, 230 at the moment of the 300. So um, that's me. But I believe you, you completed a massive back issue collecting one this year with a, a first appearance. Yes, absolutely. One of my collecting... The Chalices has, uh, Holy Grails has been uh, Nightwing, and thanks to my buddies at Coffee and Heroes, uh, I managed to get my hands on uh, the first appearance of Nightwing. Nicely slabbed, it's in the other room there. This room is currently being redecorated, and as soon as it is redecorated, that will have uh, pride of place there. Pride so, of place, I would imagine. So but yeah, so that was uh, that was lovely to, to complete that. Now, I mean, I'm in the same position as you are, where I'm now going... I wouldn't mind having some of those things in Compendium. <laughs> so it's... Uh, so yeah, I'm in an interesting position because, I mean, I've got so much stuff now. I'm starting to think this year in terms of downsizing my overall collection. I've hit upon the idea that I'm going to hold on to stuff that I want to read again or that I'd love to loan to people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and other than that, I'm going to start uh, stripping stuff out and, uh, and uh, selling it on for a wee bit of extra cash and to next phase for all of the other exciting things I'm going to buy over the rest of my comic collecting career. Yeah, check out the preview, the Consistent Previews podcast for those upcoming yeah, things which, we'll be picking up. Uh, I mean, that's that's a bit of an anniversary this year because with Secret Wars hitting its 40th anniversary, that means my collecting habit is hitting its 40th <laughs> anniversary this year. Yeah, I did quite enjoy the story of you saying you were in the store today and Marvel are doing this uh, celebration event for 40 years uh-huh, of Secret Wars yeah. by doing... Uh, an issue a month for the whole year of 2024 so issue one comes out in january issue two in february etc etc so they're releasing facsimiles of them so perfect mm-hmm. reprints uh, for people to collect the single issues of and you lifted it out of the out of the comic racks today sort of looked at it as if this is one of my favorite series of all time i need this but then you sort of went i have the original issue i don't need this yeah, it's a facsimile <laughs> of the original issue yeah. so even the yeah there's 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 part of me that sort of Part of me that might go in and pick it up again, and, uh, <laughs> you know, if it's still sitting. But uh, yeah, I've got I've got the original issues apart from that uh, that that one. Well, is an issue one you've got a graded one of, don't you? Yeah, I've got yeah. a graded one of issue one. I've got I've got issue one, but the the one issue that I don't have is the first appearance of the symbiote costume. Obviously. Ah, of course, Secret Wars eight or nine was that? Yeah, yeah, it was eight. But uh, I mean, I had originally read Secret Wars in uh, in Secret Wars. The Secret Wars reprint comic, yeah. uh, the the UK uh, reprint, which then teamed up with Zoids. So yeah, uh, there you are. Yeah, 40, so 40 years at this game. Forty years. I mean, geez, where does the time go? Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, I mean, Coffee and Heroes will be celebrating seven years open this uh, this Mad. June as well. Mad. So it's uh, it's absolutely flown by. I mean, talking about the store, I mean, we we had a great twenty twenty three. You know, pull list signups are up. Yep. Um, yep. the amount of stock coming into the store is is at an all time high. You know, we we we've got to the point now where our shelves are always packed, filled with loads of choice. Whether it's DC, it's Marvel, it's indie, it's 
specific franchises at specific creators we 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 also try to have a commitment to having complete runs of graphic novels yep. where possible you know yeah. one to six of a series one to twelve of a series things like that and when you when you mention pull lists it is worth uh just reiterating that pull lists are the lifeblood of, oh, 100%. of the local comic book store yeah definitely i mean pull lists are it's one of the reasons we do the previews pod as well i mean pre-orders and pull lists they allow a comic store to gauge how many of something to order like the way it works with comics is we pay for everything up front it's not a case of oh anything you don't sell you can just send back that kind of thing so so pull lists are definitely lifeblood i mean i think we have cemented ourselves as well as a as a really good retailer of graphic novels because people respect our opinions respect our choices respect the range that we have so graphic sales are no slouch certainly in the store but without a doubt pull lists are the uh are the lifeblood we had one or two issues this year with people not picking up but as, as i like to say to a lot of people 90 to 95 percent of our customers are amazing so i never try to get too down about a couple of people not picking up but we have implemented a system this year where if it hasn't been picked up within two months we will drop you a message if you don't get back to us it'll just be put out we just can't really do it any longer than that but it's just it, it ties down money that we could otherwise use in the store in interesting ways i mean this year we increased the amount of single issues again we were getting in runs of comics mm -hmm. we were getting in runs of dc star trek runs of hellblazer runs of conan runs of spider-man we really want to increase that back uh that back issue choice as well and therefore if people aren't picking things up that limits the the cash flow for that and uh what about the slabbing side of things? Slabbing side of things is still relatively consistent. It was fun looking at the book the other day because I have a book when I take in any uh, comics off people to write down their choice and the price and blah, blah, blah. And we've actually sent over at this point over 450 books, which wow. is more than I thought. Yeah. So obviously I marked them off when they return, but it's still going pretty well. I mean, it's not quite COVID era peak, which was, I think we were all just bored and looking for ways to spend our money. <laughs> covid era was something else i mean i was sending off 75 to 100 books at a time you really were like that for people it was mental. boxes upon boxes so but no it's it still does well i think it's just slowed down a little bit i think i think even personally the the speculation side of the industry's calmed down a bit mm -hmm. you know whether that's yep. tying in with maybe the movies struggling a little bit more recently or them running out of first appearances i suppose yeah. i'm not sure yeah. but but no it still it still does well for us as another facet got the youtube show which is always putting out consistent content every week what's new into the store new single issues that kind of thing podcast i like to think more and more people are listening to it even if we have been a little inconsistent in the last year with uh, yeah. various life obstacles yeah absolutely but that uh, that is definitely going to change we've got our we've got our new tech setup mm -hmm. which seems to be working fine uh, our sound quality is back up to to where it was we're back in the same room yeah always uh, a bonus. which is which is fabulous even on a night when it's uh, it's hitting crazy cold temperatures and uh, we still have to get get you home <laughs> uh, <laughs> well I, th I think having the equipment set up is a big thing because we were obviously relying for a while there on doing it on the internet and it, it could be a little harder i think to g yourself up a little bit you know when you were doing it via computer as you as you say yeah. there's there's just much more energy in a room when it's an actual conversation yeah. rather than a absolutely waiting for a second lag to not interrupt someone and you know yeah, stuff 100%. like that and uh, neither of us neither of us are, are drinking at the minute but uh we always have the option you know if we're having a drink you can stay over if you know we record a well we did have a rather lovely cup there of rooibos tea that's quite pleasant um <laughs> the I mean we we did all right. Uh, our end of twenty twenty two review was episode uh, two hundred and ten. This is episode two hundred and thirty one. 
So the 21, 20... Well, an episode every couple of weeks yeah, on average. Tw- then. 21 episodes, that's more than most people's podcasts are doing. <laughs> we got, we had a few interviews in there as well. Certainly, you did a few more interviews than I did. My my schedule sort of kept me a wee bit mm-hmm. tied down this year. But we had a few interviews this year. Otherwise, we, we, we mixed it up between uh, reviews and previews. We got we got reviews previews out most months. Yeah. Uh, we get uh, reviews out uh, most months as well. So... Uh, so yeah, not too bad, but we'll start as we mean to go on. Oh, very much so. I mean, this is already, we've done our previews this year. This is best of last year. We've already four different interviews lined up in the next five weeks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so it's going to be, and a couple of people were really looking forward to chatting to. There was especially one I showed Keith and his eyes lit up. Oh so yes, absolutely. As a, uh, as a lifelong Marvel fan, so yeah. that's going to be a real pleasure. Really looking Coming up soon to, as well. Yeah. And of course, you and I both had a really fantastic uh, experience with regard to comic books and seeing some comic books that we never thought we would see yeah that was that was quite the day yeah i mean not to go into too much detail on it but i think we may have talked about it a little bit before in the pod but you know 2023 is the year that keith and i literally got to see in front of us the first appearance of spider-man we got to hold the first appearance of spider-man very gingerly yes uh (laughs) you know in front of us on a table the first appearance of fantastic four the first appearance of x-men the First appearance, as I say, of Spider-Man. The first appearance of every Spider-Man villain you can think of. The first appearance of Thor. The first appearance of Iron Man. Um, it really was an awe-inspiring collection. And, you know, hopefully that's something we can help with uh, throughout this year as well. Yeah, I mean, we promised some book clubs as well this year. We didn't quite get round to it, but we will. Hopefully we'll have some guest hosts as well this mm-hmm. year if we can manage it. Maybe a few more jumping on points. Yeah. Which we are starting points. Which we which is great, actually, because when Keith first did his first starting point, which was Spider-Man, he was like, guys, this is what you should read. So Ultimate Spider-Man, it's amazing. At the time, I was like, Keith, this is impossible to get. Damn you. And now, we, and now we're finally we caught it, up yeah. four or five years later. Absolutely. And yeah, i got to say, your YouTube show, I always really enjoy it. You, Despite the fact it's mostly things we've talked about anyway, <laughs> together, or whenever we've been sitting in the store, I'm all, it's always good fun just to... Whenever I'm doing the dishes or something, I'll sit and watch your 20 minutes or yeah, whatever. And usually try and post a cheeky comment just so you know I'm watching. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Cheekier than most. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it's it's just fun to do it and keep people informed what's out there and, you know, that kind of thing. I actually have had feedback with people saying, like, they do genuinely look forward to it every week. Yeah. So yeah. it's 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 a tool for the store. It's like everything. It's all a tool for the store. It's all a tool for just adding to our community, basically, yeah. in the store. And, I mean, one thing that Coffee, one of the many things that Coffee and Heroes does well is in-store signings we've had a few of those this year we have indeed we are fortunate to have david m boer over this year we had derek landy the creator skull the great pleasant with pj holden and i'm in the process of hopefully confirming a couple more for this year as well we always try and do some around june time we like to try and do it around our anniversary but when it comes to comic creators sometimes their schedules are just so all over the place comic cons and america yeah europe and whatever but yeah definitely keep an eye on the, the social medias and all the assorted places and we'll certainly keep you informed of any upcoming signings but yeah, yeah i've one or two in the pipeline and uh, i mean this year we didn't get to thought bubble last year but the hope would be to get this year now i don't know if i'll get this year obviously uh, i've got a got a, a wedding to attend in august well, thought bubble's the kind of one i'm even considering exhibiting at yeah uh, which yep. i think would be really cool i mean i've I've always wanted to spread the brands, brand, you know, it's a, it's a horrible word, but spread the awareness of the store is probably a better way to put it yeah. a little bit more. And we, we've we've got relationships with, with a lot of the creators that, that go yeah. to Thought yep. Bubble and 
you know there, there's not a lot of opportunity in northern ireland for that kind of spreading of of, of awareness of the store because the comic cons over here tend to be more pop culture cons and yes yeah. i get asked all the time if we why we didn't exhibit at the last one and 90 percent of that crowd was vampire diaries fans and they're not yeah, going to buy a comic book yep yeah. Whereas if you go to somewhere like Thought Bubble, that's people genuinely would be interested. Because yeah. we're adding more and more to the website as well. We're trying to get that side of the business going a little bit more. We obviously f- primarily focus on the store, but it's nice to have that uh, as an extra source for the, for the yeah, store as well. I mean, I think you're unfair to yourself whenever you, you talk about uh, or you don't talk about a brand. Because at the end of the day, you've got the store. We've got the podcast. You've got the YouTube channel. Mm. You've got the hoodies. You've got the baseball caps. Uh, you've got the mugs, uh, you know, that's, that's making my words sound hollow yeah. when I say brands, a horrible word. Yeah, yeah I know what yeah, you mean. I, mean, I, I, I think brands, the, the only reason I don't like to use the word brand is because to me, brand is very faceless. I, I know I totally get you, but, yeah. but, but what you're doing isn't because everything is designed to drive, to drive towards the core thing, which is the store and even more than the store, it's the community. That's fair. So I think you're all right to talk about your brand. Well, that's fair. Well, as I say, 2023 was a, a really good year for the store. So hopefully we build upon that with 2024 as well. And if the first few weeks are anything to go by, there's new customers walking into the store every day. So uh, that can only be a good thing. So how about we move away from all of this and we talk some 2023 comics now. Yes, we sir. did promise you some totals. Keith does have me beat. He does have me beat. But yeah. I'm not going to cry because my totals are are more than respectable. So for the entire year of 2023, 1,018 single issues. Now, Oof. a little bit of a breakdown. A Pretty much a third of those were DC, 365 DC titles. Uh, a quarter of them were Marvel, 255. And... Yeah, four tenths is the closest I can say here is 398 <laughs> were indie. So indie was my number one uh, source for comics this year. That obviously indie includes Image, Boom Studios, Dark Horse, AWA, whatever. And I have to say that partly surprised me, but I'll maybe talk about why a little more when we get to our favorite publishers of the year. Sweet. Sounds good. You're right. I am a little ahead of you. I'm ashamed to be so. So I'm sitting at 1,083 individual issues for the year. You, you need to say that like slightly lower, Keith Bruno might hear. That is true. Vicky's not uh, here. <laughs> we're recording it. They can both listen at any time. So I've got 65 more issues than you, and that definitely comes on the Marvel side of things. So I'm sitting, just to do it in the same order as you did, I'm sitting with 238 DC, which is uh, probably a third maybe a third less than you. Mm. I mean, there, there's some great DC titles out there, but I would definitely, whenever it comes to cutting, I would definitely cut DC titles quicker than I would Marvel or uh, or Image. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably because of that lack of historical... Um, yeah. But still, that, I mean, probably more DC titles than your average comic collector is buying in every... Yeah, I mean, that's, year, that's you know? on average five a week. Exactly. Yeah. About a half of my total is marvel so that's 489 marvel uh, 489 marvel almost double <laughs> the amount of books i read i put it down the x-men simple as that i know you do i know you do <laughs> and i don't know if i necessarily agree with with the well maybe earlier in the year i would have agreed with the x-men comment but certainly now x-men has has squished down its line as we move towards the at the end of the the, the Krakoan era but mm-hmm. i mean they're they're yeah, there's a lot of books. There's a lot of books, um, and I tend to pick up 
uh, a fair few of them. You pick up a fair few of them too, but uh, but yeah, there's there's some crossover. And On then, the plus side, I pick up more Marvel books than you pick up DC books. That is also true. Just about. <laughs> that is also true. And then I have 356 indie books, so behind you by uh, about 30, 40, 42, uh, I think. So we're both we're both fairly uh, fairly tight on the old indie. Yeah, uh, and I didn't look at uh, the omnibuses, the compendiums, the trade paperbacks, mm-hmm. uh, and the original graphic novels that I've picked up this this year. I know there's been uh, well a few Brubaker Phillips releases and a few other trade paperbacks and mm-hmm. compendiums that I've picked up. I think I've probably picked up more compendiums this year than any other year. I would say so. The Ultimate Spider-Man certainly has something to do with that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, this year was also Spider-Man 2099. 2099 was another and, one. And, uh, and a few others. So, uh, so yeah, chunky. chunky. Yeah, chunky year, to say the least. So, it'll be very curious to compare our totals for 2023 to when we reach 2024. With us having this ongoing idea of, you know, just trimming here and there. So, we'll see if we, we'll, we'll see if we think we're getting out only for them to pull us back in <laughs> towards then so but yeah we'll we'll, we'll just have it basically we're, ju- we're just going to chat about our, our favorite stuff this year you know this is not going to be like a deep dive review show it's not going to be spending 10 minutes going into themes and you know specific pages and things like that it's just more a case of you know showcasing the stuff that we thought was the best this year uh in various categories i mean We'll, we'll just go through them in the order we've got them on our sheet, just as probably the easiest way to do it. But, you know, despite all those DC books that I have and all those indie books, for me, the best ongoing this year, you know, of course, there's honorable mentions all over the place. You know, Tom Taylor's Nightwing was fantastic as yep. always. I enjoyed Chip's Batman probably more than you did. Uh, well, I mean, I enjoyed, I, I have begun to enjoy Chip's mm-hmm. Batman more. I think we've discussed it before, but what was the first arc? first arc was failsafe failsafe so yeah. failsafe was all and it was right. into the batman and of gotham that was when yeah, you're getting into it, your it was, yeah it was starting universe to, hopping that the, the universe hopping lost me a wee bit it was a wee bit absurd i felt but he's definitely pulled it back just when you thought uh, you were right yeah absolutely he's uh he's pulled it back by combining those those tales with the batman of zur and uh and uh and all of that that's a that's a really cool concept obviously it comes from the uh magic mushroom adult 70s and explored quite a lot in grant morrison yeah film, so. but i think what chip's doing with it is maybe as well it has as as it has been done mm-hmm. um but also the fact that he's pulling in from his batman the night series yeah which was has absolutely been very cool. fantastic so yeah I'm, I'm enjoying it a lot more than i was daredevil's a big one for me and again you mentioned chip his run obviously ended and then a new run started so maybe that's a slightly harder one to yep. put at the very yep. top because two different sort of creators going through it. long run too uh ghost rider i think really deserves some praise i think it's been absolutely brilliant from benjamin, benjamin percy, percy yeah cory smith on art that had a really cool crossover for a couple of issues with wolverine mm-hmm. uh, yep. which was really really fun yep. weapons of vengeance so tons of great stuff this year in terms of ongoings i mean Let's be honest. If we were, if we were being one hundred percent truthful here, the Walking Dead Deluxe would win this. But it's always <laughs> exempt from these things. Uh, so for me, what I went with this year as my favorite is actually Captain America, and again, I suppose it comes off two different runs in a way. Well, yeah, that's what I was going to ask because we have the the with Colin Kelly, Jackson Lansing, Sentinel of Liberty, and the yeah. Uh, so you had Sentinel of Liberty and you had Symbol, Symbol of Truth, Symbol of Truth, yeah, which all led to Cold War. Yep, and then that was the end of their run. So and initially, I was a bit disappointed when they were stepping away, when they yeah. announced they were stepping away. But they it were was doing a great, great run. stuff. Yeah. yeah, they were doing great stuff. That's why I was disappointed. Yeah. 
But, you know, what replaced climbed to the top of my pull list every week, you know, when... So you've J. Michael Straczynski come on board. Uh, the big return to Marvel. Of uh, Babylon 5. Uh, you know, uh, Spider-Man writer. Yeah. Um, Done a lot of big yeah. things over the years in comic. And uh, artist on it was going to be Jesus Says, who had worked on the Punisher series uh-huh. uh, with Jason Aaron. Uh, and then also in issues four and five, Lam Medina has come on as well. But what they've crafted here is so far for me anyway, is, is the best run since Brewbakers. It is heartfelt. It's true to the to the ethos of steve it shows that he was a hero long before any super soldier serum was yeah, ejected yeah. Well, i mean near. that that is that is the truth that's the steve heart Rogers. of the character yeah. you know? it's action-packed it's just the reason the work the book works so well for me is the dual narrative i love captain america stories set in his era mm-hmm. and you don't get a lot of them these days it's like dick grayson era robin now to me you don't get a lot of stories because he's so synonymous with the character of Nightwing, mm-hmm. you, which is why World's Finest works so well. Yep, um, yep. But I love seeing stories of Steve in the past. They've all, they're always so in a rush to get him into the future, to be with the Avengers, to be with the current characters. So with doing this dual narrative, you have the present. So first of all, you check in with Steve and as he buys and plans to refurbish his apartment building. Already saving the tenants themselves in the process. You know, a small little beat in the story, but it shows Steve's kindness a lot. But... The main crux of the book for me is taking this trip down memory lane. Uh, it's going back to when Steve was a boy, lost his parents, he's, and he's facing the worst kind of evil in history. Essentially, the Nazis and their bid to bring their regime to the U.S. Mm-hmm. You know, they're running rallies in the streets. They're, you know, trying to bring people over to their side. And there's this little 14-year-old kid shouting at them. But then, as much as as the worst evil in history, we also have... The worst supernatural evil in history. Yeah, Asmodeus, the uh, who is the the demon of of, of pain and uh, and suffering and human suffering, and that that ties right in there. Yeah, well, that's it. I mean, the modern day story, you know, it wasn't going to stay, you know, with Steve painting and decorating for long, yeah. was it? <laughs> you know, but I mean, I, I can understand that I'm doing a lot of painting and decorating myself. So I mean, so, I, I, I mean, being... you and Captain America are basically the same yeah. person. I mean, you're facing a threat that eventually led to Doctor Strange getting involved and. Their back and forth is some of the best stuff in the comics. Like, see their arguments about, like, what a figurine is or a toy or an action figure or a collectible. Yeah, I mean, the crux of it being that uh, Dr. Strange Strange has a totem. He's too busy. Yeah. Uh, So he's communicating with Steve through this doll. Yeah. uh, Or figurine or action figure. (laughs) Uh, So, yeah, it's it's so funny because it's an age-old... An edge-old argument. Yeah, uh, within between, the comics community. Yeah, absolutely. And now yeah. you have Captain America and Doctor Strange arguing over its merits. Yeah. I mean, it's one of the reasons why the series worked so well for me at this point. It's f- it's full of nuance and small moments, and but loads of hard, great storytelling. And yeah, top of the list for me every week when a new, when a new issue arrives. We were talking earlier about the order you put your comics in. No delay gratification here. Straight at the top of the pack. I love how, the, how they are juxtaposing that. So with the... The, the young Steve Rogers story uh, wasn't just, you know, the first issue. Mm-hmm. It's juxtaposed right the way through yeah. this, this first arc. Even getting involved with, like, mobsters and yeah, stuff yeah. like that. They want, you know, Steve to almost be an informant for them. Yeah, and, yeah. you know, it's like the lesser of two evils. Yeah, 100%. And, and, and even whenever Steve is... They, so they, they place him on a, on a building yard, on a construction yard. They place him there just so it won't look out of place that he's working with who he's working with. Yeah. And he insists on working, despite the fact he's this 90-pound weakling. You know, he insists on, and they're going, you're going to kill yourself. You don't need to work. You're just here <laughs> for this, you know, to look like you're here, yeah. you know. And he's, Steve's like, nope, I'm lifting the same as everybody else. Uh, I think it was issue four, issue three or four. It was uh, a couple of weeks ago. 
he's fighting Asmodi- Asmodeus, the, the demon, who is in the body of a, a serial killer. And uh, he knows he can't beat him. He knows... So when he go through Steve's assessment of how he quickly, after decades of fighting villains, has this level system of what are we looking at here? Is it someone yeah. who can fight? Is it someone with supernatural powers? Is it someone who is way above me, you know, level four, whatever it is? And so Steve quickly assesses this, realizes that he cannot win with regard to physical physical power or whatever else that he needs help. We go through this whole thinking process and then how he gets out of it is knowing the the abilities of his shield, his vibranium adamantium shield. He lets the he lets the demon blast him with hellfire and he knows that the, the vibranium will create the, an equal and opposite reaction which will blast him out through a wall. Mm-hmm. So he gets blasted out through a wall and uh, you see his inner monologue and he's... Uh, <laughs> I was sitting at the kitchen table reading it and I started laughing. Bruno, whenever I start laughing at something, Bruno's like, all right, something in the comic. And so I read it back and he gets blasted through the, through the wall and into the into the Brooklyn River or whatever it is. And uh, he's, he's drifting off sort of, I think, into unconsciousness. And he goes, this is a bit where I try and convince myself it doesn't hurt. Liar, liar, pants and fire. <laughs> oh, actually, I think they are. <laughs> Ow. <laughs> it's just it's just some cool dialogue and some, you're really getting to know Steve, but also the fact that Straczynski, and this is, I mean, as, as, as a, a Marvelite, this key to what goes on is continuity for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the fact that's, that Straczynski has, is including Sharon Carter, who is now, at the, as of the end of Cold War, the new destroyer, uh, you know, and all of that sort of stuff. So that continuity stuff is, is really important. But also that human side of Steve in the modern day, uh, bringing in Misty Knight as well. Yeah, just, uh, yeah, that that personal side of Steve, whenever he's working on the, the he bought the apartment building. We bit hockey, uh, bought the apartment building that his mother... No tracksuit mafia just yet. No, though they appear in Gang War <laughs> in Amazing Spider-Man. Yeah. Bro. <laughs> but... Uh, but uh, the fact that he's bought is the apartment building that his mom raised him in, yeah. out of respect for his mom, and to stop bastard landlords from selling it out from the people who are living in it. Yeah, or trying to jack up their yeah, rent so they absolutely. have to move out. And stuff. So, so it's just it's got its finger on the modern the modern pulse as well. Just such a good book, yeah, totally. Yeah, I mean it's five issues deep so far. Trade paperbacks due out at the end of February slash start of March. So if you're more of a trade waiter, definitely recommend picking that up. But single issues shouldn't be too hard to source at this point. I think we have most of them in the store. So, yeah, that was my favorite ongoing of 2023. What was yours? As you as you mentioned, it was it was a hard choice. There's a lot of stuff that could have easily risen to the top. I never stopped talking about uh, Jed McKay's Doctor Strange. Absolutely phenomenal book beautifully beautifully drawn and and this the the general strange storyline uh that whole storyline has been absolutely phenomenal conan the barbarian from titan uh jim zub's strong we're both really really enjoying i'm really enjoying brian hill's blade uh series as well uh you're on that as well aren't yeah, you? yeah. so so really really fantastic blade uh, series are very few and far between you need to jump on them when you can oh, they're like you, ghost rider series <laughs> you absolutely <laughs> do and that, i mean that's another one ghost rider kelly and lansing's guardians of the galaxy uh, some absolutely phenomenal stuff and immortal thor could have been there but tom king's wonder woman absolutely phenomenal yeah more uh, on that later but <laughs> the the series that took it for me and like yours it runs across a couple of volumes has to be Rainbow Rainbow Rowell's She-Hulk and the Sensational She-Hulk, which is just relaunched as, as a continuing series. So it has 
it's a book with with more heart than any other book i think any other publishers releasing so jen walters uh, is she hulk uh she's a it's it's, it's bouncing off the back of uh, she hulk attorney at law you know the, the disney plus series which was variously received some people liked it some people didn't i liked most of it yeah i thought it was fun just disposable yeah she hulks had some great runs in comics dan slots is one of them this is this is just right up there it's, a, it's kind of a mature book which are kind of a wee bit few and far between i suppose at marvel it deals with relationships whether that's between uh she hulk and jack of hearts or whether it's between uh, she hulk's boss and andy andy the awesome android i mean the world is very much a better place because she hulk has a has an ongoing series and an ongoing series specifically written by this by this writer and uh, drawn by uh, Andre's uh, Jeanolette. The original She-Hulk series wrapped up earlier this year. Uh, same creative team, but uh, and 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 the thing about it is the creator's love for the work, abs for the character, absolutely shines through uh, in their work. It has more of a not soap operatic feel. But more of a slice of life feel mm-hmm. than any other superhero book uh, around, and uh, get all these the, you've got these superhero books have got you know these world shattering everything will change universe changing yeah. uh, stakes, and She Hulk and the sensational She Hulk is not that it's celebration because you know Jack of Hearts who absorbs radiation has figured out how he can touch. Uh, Jen, his girlfriend, without absorbing all her gamma or making her into the savage She-Hulk. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's Ben Grimm coming along to She-Hulk's punch club that she set up in order that her and other heroes and villains who are as powerful as her, they can have a go at each other knowing they're not going to hurt each other. <laughs> it's uh, it's all of this stuff. It's it's the conversations that they have with each other. It's, uh, it, is those, it is that cozy couch and, and all of the different characters that are that are going along in the in the background very light-hearted it's just just a beautiful series we've had uh, appearances of bruce banner captain marvel i say jack of hearts uh, it's one of those it's one of those books that is pitched in such a way that you would not be no 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 hero or villain would be out of place appearing in it mm-hmm. if thanos appeared it wouldn't surprise you but it would it would fit it would fit because because rainbow royal is just such a such an invested writer just just a fantastic series the the original series the first series ran i think was it 13 issue yeah it was 12 or 13 12 or 13 I think. and the uh the, the sensational the she-hulk sensational. is is right in and uh and of course you've noticed the uh the covers yeah jen bartell the whole yeah. way through the the covers have been great they're colorful they're um yeah they're just very eye-catching for yeah. lack of a better term yeah so I mean, for me, it's just every time, every time an issue of She-Hulk is released, I'm really looking forward to to reading it. I'm looking forward to the action in it because there is action in it. I'm looking forward to the the slice of life stuff in it. I'm looking forward to seeing who the guest stars might be, uh, and I really care about Jen. I really care about her. <laughs> what a what a beautiful character she is. and uh, it's great seeing her in uh, in the current issues of Amazing Spider-Man as uh, as drawn by, yeah. by John Romita Jr. Uh, she's very much on Peter's side and. Uh, and then the lawyer stuff comes out, so it's it's yeah, she's a she's a great character. She's a phenomenal character, and uh, the last issue of Sensational She Hulk, where Philip Kennedy Johnson's Incredible Hulk turned up, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, we had a bit of a cousin to cousin conversation, it was very very entertaining. I I can't believe you haven't read it. Uh, I think you should, uh, but 
She-Hulk and the Sensational She-Hulk uh, by Rainbow Royal is my ongoing series of 2023. So best ongoing is a clean sweep for Marvel for 2023 with Captain America and She-Hulk. So we'll move away from there and on to best miniseries. And this was a bit of a tough one to look at, actually, because what what's the criteria here? Do the miniseries have to have ended? Do they just have to have started? My, some of my favorite ones this year hadn't fully ended by the time 2023 came to a close. I mean, one of those was definitely Chris Condon and Jacob Phillips' Enfield Gang Massacre, which was, uh, of oh, course, yeah. a, a spin-off slash prequel to their amazing that texas blood and uh the last issue of it actually came out today wednesday 17th of january so it didn't technically finish in 2023 but it definitely kicked off with a bang in that year but i mean my my favorite for this year you know i i mulled over quite a few choices and i had to get some dc in here somewhere so for me it was batman gargoyle of gotham which of course is done by Raphael grandpa now there is a really big deep dive into this title. You can go back to the, the podcast reviews from a couple of months ago. The, the, the cliff notes are, I mean, this is what Black Label was made for. Completely standalone. It's, it's a dark, bleak, and ominous tone. It's a creator who is maybe a little outside of the box with Raphael Grandpa, as opposed to, you know, your, your more stalwart DC creators. Uh, and they've just been left alone to completely do what they want, writing and drawing one of the best series in years. And whisper quietly it may be the best batman book around at the moment you know every page of each issue is intense it's it's a gotham that's dirty it's crime ridden it's corrupt it's, it's more notorious and violent than any other batman story probably outside of dark knight returns mm-hmm. have villains who are influenced by 1930s cartoons you have a bruce wayne who is so driven to be batman that he wants to kill off bruce wayne you've got yep. alfred there as his conscience telling him why that's not the way to go um, it looks gorgeous the art is incredible the art is right up there with the best art of the year um those not familiar with Raphael grandpa's work they'll, they'll be amazed at just how good it is mm-hmm. just a beautiful beautiful book so far two issues deep so far i think it's just three in total as well so just one to go but is it's, that all it is yeah it's uh it's just three i think uh, well this is one that a couple of months ago we were reviewing yeah uh, and this came up i tend whenever i'm going we're going through previews to to certainly notice stuff but there are so many bad books that sometimes things get lost in the in the stir whenever you reviewed this you had the book sitting i was able to get a flick through it and immediately said okay can you can you fire that on my have you got any left in the store you were like yep i I picked it up the next day i think Uh, i'm very glad i did yeah fantastic book so it is i mean issue three is still a little bit away i think it's towards the end of this month so um, but yeah, I'm pretty sure it's just three issues in total, but I could stay in this world for a lot longer than three issues. If you're not on board this, you know, trade shouldn't be too far behind, but single issues still should be readily available. So that's best mini series for me. What about yourself? This was another difficult uh, category for me. So, I mean, looking through the year, Namor Conquered Shore finished at the very start of the year, if you remember that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was great. We had Damn Them All, which at the time was a miniseries. Yeah, um, and then got promoted to a bit of an ongoing. Yeah, absolutely. You could consider Wildcats, well, I suppose more of a maxi-series uh, than anything else. We had GCPD, which ran for six issues, was absolutely phenomenal. For me, it came down to, uh, and yeah, the Enfield Gang Massacre. Oh, that's so good. Finishes finishes this week, I think. Um, so there was some really, really good stuff. For me, it came down to a choice, uh, a choice between three. One of those was Down Waters, The Seasons Have Teeth, 
thought the concept of that boom, um, boom studios yeah. yeah was was absolutely phenomenal the idea that that seasons has something had happened and I'd, I'd still love to know what happened but that's not the story that had made the seasons into these titans these beasts that uh, swept across europe uh, once a year for each of them and uh, there was this photographer who had lost his wife was clearly still in mourning and was making the idea of taking a series of photographs up close of the seasons his uh his raison d'etre the other on a completely different note was saturday morning adventures dungeons and dragons by our friend david david m boer mm-hmm. who we had the uh, the joy of of meeting in person this year uh taking for a drink in the sunflower uh, and having a good chat where he revealed to us that there is a second season of Saturday Morning Adventures, Dungeons and Dragons, uh, due out, and we can say that now because it has been solicited <laughs> in previews, and really looking forward to that. And that ju- he did such a good job of of taking the voices of those characters and the you know from the old Dungeons and Dragons series and 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 creating a new story that that stood head and shoulders above any individual episode of the original series, and how he, he he did things. But there was one series which I think I picked every issue as uh, as one of the picks of the month uh, in which it came out. Now, the series did start uh, in October last year mm-hmm. and came to an end in, I believe, uh, April of 2020. Uh, and that series was Dan Jurgens and Benito Gallegos, Lord of the Jungle. And that was from... Who knew Dynamite was going Dynamite. to come in here? Yeah, man, absolutely. And Dynamite have done a number on me this year, uh, <laughs> for sure. But uh, it was a six-issue miniseries. It was about an older Tarzan looking to right the wrongs of the past. And in the same way as JMS is is juxtaposing a young Steve Rogers against a modern-day Steve Rogers, that's kind of what was happening here. The, the series was an arduous journey right to the to the final showdown which took place in Lord of the Jungle 6 as I say Jan Jurgens was the writer Benito Gallego was was the the artist and uh, Francesco Segala was the colorist and the that team put together a book that looked like a deluxe newspaper strip as as it should do as Tarzan mm-hmm. should do it it really drew upon uh, the same thing as we've talked about with Titans Conan the Barbarian that feel of Barry Windsor Smith and Roy Thomas that's the feel that uh, that Lord of the Jungle has. The overall premise was he was aging in the 70s, 1970s, maybe there thereabouts. And uh, he was looking back and recalling both his initial origin, you know, how he had come to be in the first issue and when his parents had been shipwrecked on this island and then how he had been raised by eight, become part of their that clan, that tribe. And then colonial bastards coming in and, and, and searching for treasure and... But it was just so it juxtaposed those two things, the young Tarzan and then this this older Lord Greystoke and him going back to that place uh, and, and what he discovered there, what he discovered about himself. And most of all, it was six issues. It kept up the tempo. It kept up the emotion. It kept up the storytelling and the word building. And this is sort of what it had over the seasons of teeth, which while I really enjoyed it, the ending just didn't do it for me. Whereas the the ending of Tarzan did uh, this will make it'll make a fantastic trade paperback from Dynamite uh, just a great story a, a fantastic adventure yarn pulpy in the way of the best Indiana Jones it had that feeling to it and it really absorbed you the whenever I was reading Tarzan I felt like I was in the jungle just it was such a 
it was such a good <clears throat> such a good story and twists and turns along the way just a very very respectable miniseries a fantastic ending to that miniseries um and a, a real deep dive into into an implacable character mm-hmm. um who, who tarzan is as an older man as well as yeah it was uh yeah very 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 good adventure yarn so uh my my miniseries of 2023 uh Ty- dynamite's uh, lord of the jungle by dan jurgens and benito gallego yeah i must check that i mean dynamite's not a, a a publisher i would tend to get a lot of stuff from although that's going to already change this year with thundercats coming out soon from dynamite studios but i may just have to check out lord of the jungle uh that leads us on to best crossover slash event i know i sort of i sort of jumped this one on you at the last minute you did uh, and i must say it took me a little while to, yeah. to come to what i decided on but it really should have been so obvious from the start well yeah i mean it's uh, i mean whenever we say crossover event the reason i put those two together is because you know an event could be a a multi-issue uh event series like beast world mm-hmm. that isn't quite a, a mini series but is it's an event yeah uh, or like like gang war is an event but it's also a crossover because it's going in between the yeah, individual multiple, titles multiple different titles multiple but all connecting together yeah. into the same exactly and, and when i sort of came down to that summation of it that's when I, I it was so obvious to me what for me was the best crossover slash event of the year and that has to be the beginning of the energon universe which of course is being done through uh image skybound robert kirkman's imprint at image comics and yeah in traditional robert kirkman style he did everything he could to keep this a secret uh up until about two days before uh, void rivals number one launched chris who part runs the store for me he can't help himself he falls down reddit rabbit holes and message boards and all sorts decided to have it spoiled for himself but in fairness to him he did say to me uh, that uh, i should probably read void rivals one as quickly as possible because there was even spoiler posters posters in our delivery right for it. okay so um, in a sense his his uh, need to have it spoiled saved me from it getting spoiled well i mean and then there's and then there's myself who's the other end of the spectrum who's just absolutely ignorant to uh, yeah. reddit and all of these things and uh, managed to go i think an entire was it two weeks yeah uh, without learning exactly what was going well on. that's it you were a little behind in your pulls and i was i think i must ask you three or four times have you read void rivals yet so Void Rivals, for those who don't know, was this space uh, set adventure title uh, from the Oblivion Song team uh, of Robert Kirkman and Lorenzo de Felici. And they basically launched this title. It was to do with two warring factions, pilots from each crash landed on this on this planet. And even though they were sworn enemies, they would have to work together to get off said planet. Classic, classic enemy mine. Indeed. And they started to explore that planet and they came across... What did they come across? Well, they're trying to find technology to help rebuild their ship, and they come across this this uh, half buried piece of technology, and they realize that if they can power it, uh, it might help them along. So, of course, they uh, they drag some batteries over to uh, some power sources over and uh, connect it up, and then we hear the and you literally hear it off the, the page. immortal sound, you know the. <laughs> <laughs> and and uh, it was, of course, a transformer showing that this was taking place in the same universe as the transformers and not 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 only that uh it was not just a transformer it was a decepticon uh, not only was it a decepticon it was jetfire mm-hmm. uh, who if you're a wee bit more familiar with uh, the transformers universe you were like ah it's jetfire uh, jetfire <laughs> has his own specific uh history in the in the gen one uh universe as well 
And it was so funny because he was there for about three panels and then went, how long have I been here? Oh, my God, and flew off. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was the cool thing. I mean, Void Rivals in itself is just a really good title. It is. Despite what it was being used as a launching pad for. And, yeah, I mean, this just got everybody so excited so quickly. So, basically, Transformers used to be under IDW's stewardship, yeah. uh, as did G.I. Joe. And IDW... Both were previously under Marvel. Indeed. I believe even... DC had a run with G.I. Joe at one point. Mm, I think yeah, there was someone else in there as well, yeah. So. But, uh, yeah, the, the Energon universe was basically going to bring all these universes together. So you were going to have Void Rivals, you were going to have Transformers number one, you were going to have Duke from G.I. Joe being in this universe, mm -hmm. uh, you were going to have Cobra Commander. G.I. Joe, to a lesser extent, not fully integrated yet because it's still finishing off Larry Hama uh, storylines. Well, but I, I mean... But there's definitely some Cobra yeah. Commander stuff in there. There's... I mean, uh, the, the 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 trick was the announcement on the back page that, yes, this is the welcome to the Energon universe. This is what I've got. This is Robert Kirkman, super fan, super playing with comics. And yeah. they announced Transformers, Duke, and Cobra Commander, and God knows what else is to come. But you have to be careful because Image Skybound also have G.I. Joe, a real American hero, which is Larry Hama's original 300-issue deep uh, run on G.I. Joe. That they're going to continue that, but that is not part of the Energon universe. So Duke and Cobra Commander are are, are separate. A real American hero just mm -hmm. happens to be they they republished issue three hundred and have gone on now with issue three hundred one and three hundred two. So yeah, it was weird though how they first did it though because it was the three hundred and then that massive first yeah. so three hundred and first yeah, issue exactly. So, so they're obviously trying to pull new readers in, and it was a very fast paced introduction mm -hmm. to it. Uh, which was slightly lost with at certain places if you maybe yeah. hadn't read the previous yeah. couple of issues. Yeah. But, but but that but that a real American hero that's not Energon. Yeah. Um, but the Energon universe, yeah, you've got your Void Rivals, Transformers launched with none other than Daniel Warren Johnson launching the title, both writing and drawing. You know, Duke Joshua Williamson was coming in, of course, had been at DC for so many years, coming in for these books as well. So the Energon universe, it's got off to a great start so far. Duke number one was awesome. Transformers, you know, it hits all the feels. It has all the nostalgia, has great action, amazing art and loads of wrestling moves. How could you not love it? <laughs> and then Void Rivals, as I say, is a strong title on its own anyway. But yeah, as, as Keith says, I mean, who knows what other titles are going to come down the pipeline for this as well. Cobra Commander number one launched this week. Neither of us have, have delved into that just yet. But yeah, really exciting times for it. You know, I'm not the biggest Transformers guy, but any week an issue of Transformers comes out, it's just like, oh, oh it's going to be a good yeah, week. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're, definitely, you're definitely getting... Uh, something out of it that you're supposed to get out of it you know it is they're doing a he's doing a more mature take on the original gen, uh, one, stuff. gen one stuff from the from the cartoon i'm absolutely there for it. it's so good it is that just that's it's just elevated slightly and then you know transformers where you get that in the same way as void rivals had that appearance of Jetfire that that sparked everybody and then void rivals has kept <laughs> going as a fantastic book we had transformers which there's a few panels that sparked the entry the entrance of duke and then that spun into Duke's first issue with his PTSD as a result of what happened in that issue. Yeah. Uh, and what he'd seen. And, I mean, I'm quite sure Cobra Commander will be... So, so just knitting these things together fantastically in the way that uh, that Robert Kirkman can. And then trusting people like Daniel Warren Johnson or Joshua, Joshua Williamson, Williamson on, uh, on Cobra Commander. Uh, yeah, just a, just fantastic. Wouldn't have been... Uh, it was a, whenever I was talking about crossovers and events, it w 
that was left of field for me. I wouldn't have thought that. I wouldn't have thought that. But there you go. <laughs> uh, good choice. Great choice. Uh, well, from one big franchise steeped in nostalgia and modern day storytelling to another one. Yeah, absolutely. So for me, I mean, there have been a there have been a few uh, events crossovers sort of over throughout the throughout twenty twenty three, but certainly I think the one that stands uh, that stands tall. Would you consider Predator versus Wolverine a crossover? Yeah, yeah, I suppose you could. Or a mini series. Might be more mini series because mm. it wasn't coming out of the Predator book and the Wolverine book to combine and cross over. If you know what I mean. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so, so yeah, I'd probably put that mini series. Yeah. So for me, it's got to be uh, Star Trek: Day of Blood from IDW. It launched with the original, the first Star Trek: Day of Blood issue back in July. And then for a couple of months then, it ran through the Star Trek book and the Star Trek Defiant book. Uh, so I think it was about seven parts, maybe something along those lines. It concerned Kalos II, the, the emperor of the Klingon Empire, consolidating power and raiding ancient tombs and secret bunkers and taking the power of gods for himself, including the stolen Bajoran Orb of Destruction, and begins a slaughter across the stars, a, a genocide of the gods, if you will, which was just sort of the beginning. With the power that he's stolen, then he's going to declare war on all of those who do not follow this cult that he's created, the Red Path. So to prevent this genocide, a genocide unlike anything from the ancient days of, of the Klingon Empire, crew of icons is assembled, Star Trek icons led by Benjamin Sisko, and renegades who follow Worf, and they unite for a common cause that in order to stop this, this day of blood. And the Star Trek series was one that I, that again, nearly every issue of it, I was choosing as one of my picks of the week, picks of the month up to that point. And then the Star Trek series is written by Colin Kelly and Jackson Lansing, fantastic writers in, in anything they do. Uh, writers of, uh, as we've already mentioned, Captain America's last volume, uh, as well as currently Guardians of the Galaxy. And then Christopher Cantwell, and also Namor, Conquered Shores, uh, Star Wars will be one Kenobi. Yeah, and yet no mention for this fabled Iron Man run. I was waiting for you to mention <laughs> it. <laughs> <laughs> and the the artist was Ramon Rosanas from Star Wars and the Astonishing Ant Man, and it was just it was just perfectly pitched. We had so we have these two crews. So we have Cisco's crew of of Star Trek legends from various points in time, and we have Worf's crew of uh, renegades. From very you know from various points of time and uh, throughout day of blood the two crews crossed over and split off and the different uh, factions and it was there was just great action just adding stuff to the to the star trek universe it was so good really enjoyable again going to make a great trade paperback but yeah it just it just drew upon some of the best the best elements of 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 star trek uh, including father son stuff the which was was merged so you have Benjamin Sisko, who at the end of DS9 went off to become the emissary to the prophets, but left his son Jack behind in Deep Space Nine, mm-hmm. a kid who had lost his mother seven years ago, who had grown into a, a, a fine young man, but didn't need to be losing his father to a bunch of gods. So it, it dealt with that, but also then father-son stuff with Worf and Alexander. So throughout Star Trek The Next Generation, Worf's son, whose mother had also passed away, uh, came to live with Worf on the ship. And Worf tried to raise him to be a Klingon, but he was, he was half Klingon, and he was, it was, he was just, and Worf was just a terrible dad <laughs> for the most part. So there's a lot of father-son stuff because Alexander has joined this uh, Red Path, and yeah, just some some great stuff, some great character moments. Uh, I mean, 
I suppose from an artistic point of view, you'd call it acting, character acting, because what this series has done well is model the characters from the show. You know, sometimes you see adaptations that yeah. you're like, that does not. Just look. looks a bit off. Yeah, this is not that case, but also added new characters and taking characters from other places, including, um, including um, what do you call it, uh, Star Trek Lower Decks, the animated series, mm-hmm. and brought them in here in a more serious fashion. So it's, it was just a great, uh, a great crossover, well worth picking up and trade. Uh, I'm glad I picked it up as I did. That was one that, again, you're kind of, you wanted to make sure you were reading the right parts. So yeah. I couldn't have read, I couldn't have read Star Trek five, six, and seven together because I needed to read Defiant in between to get the next part of the, the the crossover. So indication. <laughs> so my uh, my favorite crossover or event from 2023 Star Trek, Day of Blood. Thanks for joining myself and Alan on the Coffee and News podcast for the first part of our foray through our favourite comics of 2023. We'll be back to you very soon with the best of all of the rest.